0: I'm your host Lisa Sabon-Smith and today I'm super excited to welcome and introduce to anyone who doesn't know um, or allow us to have a better insight to Sarah Swain. Sarah Swain is a multi six-figure business owner. She's a digital business strategist. Her strategy is amazing. Uh, She has this crazy power to just figure it out and be real quick Uh, and she's a very compelling speaker she was also the host and the organizer along with her incredible team for the 2023 mym summit in kananaskis which kind of kicked off all of this um you'll note in this podcast interview as we move forward i don't show up in the videos i learned a valuable lesson so originally my intent was just to do audio and then with the push more and more for people wanting video, visual content, watching people talk to each other. Uh, I mean, body language is huge, so why not? Um, I only recorded the, vi- the view of my guests, uh, not myself. I always found I'm constantly judging or viewing myself in one perspective or another, fixing my hair, whatever it may be, because cameras, lights, all that fancy stuff. I don't have it. It's literally my computer camera and myself. So you're going to watch Sarah as you listen to me or just turn off the video and listen and uh, for your audio happy ear enjoyment um, please dive into this it was a really great interview I learned a lot more Uh, she expanded beyond on things that have led Sarah into where she is now where she envisions to move forward and we had a really good conversation around leadership which um, I think we both are drawn to And we both can connect on that one and i think leadership is where we're at for moving forward Uh, i think raising our youth our young adults and even ourselves to become better more heart-centered deeper connected um, empathic compassionate leaders rather than just drive hard and go i think we're going to see if we can have that in our future I think we're going to see this expansive world of possibility and even greater opportunity open up because I don't know about you, but for me, delivery is huge. And being able to work collaboratively with the people around me, uh, if I'm in a leadership position or even if I'm just in that learning student position, uh, you know, peer, whatever it may be, being brought in as part of a collaborator into the process to the end point or however, whatever we're working towards is, is absolutely powerful. And it helps us become better people, better athletes, better parents, better coaches, better students, uh, and allows us to feel like we actually are involved and like our voice and our thoughts and our opinions matter. And, you know, perhaps that's where this connection to Sarah and the amazing group of people that I've met in the last year, year and a half in the monetize your mind world alone, let alone everywhere else where things have expanded. um, It's because we work collaboratively and we listen and we provide a space for everybody to be connected and to share their thoughts, their concerns, their worries, their opinions to the depths that they're willing to share. And that's massive. And I, I am so hopeful. And I so look forward to seeing the day when our leaders encourage that as well. I see it in some realms. I see it growing. I see people testing it. And I see that if we support it, And that if we encourage it and if we keep reminding of the necessity for it, then we are going to watch it happen. we're going to witness it happen in this lifetime and in in this decade, I hope, God willing. Uh, So let's dive in. Uh, Enjoy. (laughs) And uh, we'll move forward one day with videos of myself actually interviewing my guests as well. But valuable lesson. So take that into note if you're looking to... uh, to watch your or to run a podcast yourself. You need to have your self-view showing if you're using Zoom for recording it. All right. Let's dive in. Let's ramble with Sarah Swain. Hello.
1: Hey Lisa, how are you?
0: Good. How are you?
1: Good. Good. Happy Friday.
0: Yeah, same to you. Thank <laughs> you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. I'm excited to dive in with you.
0: Yeah. Um Gosh, where to start? (laughs) Anywhere you want. Anywhere I want. All right. Well, uh, let's kick it off with, can you please give me a little bit of your foundation, um, history of like your leadership pre-MYM, how you went into MYM, monetize your mind, and then how you, from that experience, have now evolved into this focus on leadership.
1: Okay, let me try and summarize this. I'll take you back to my corporate career very quickly. Um, I actually went to school post-secondary for um, a plethora of things that didn't make sense to me back then, but sure make a lot of sense now. I took majors in business administration and marketing and political science and journalism. Um, and ended up actually graduating in policing and law enforcement. So I got completely away from the university system because it didn't make sense to me. I didn't understand why at the time, but it was a feeling that I had when I'd be in these massive, massive halls at University of Toronto and like hundreds of people in that class. And I I I didn't understand it at the time but I didn't resonate I didn't understand the concept of resonance and and what we were actually doing here and so went into the more practical setting of the college system and thought you know what I'm going to go into policing I'll become a police officer And that ended up catapulting me into a retail career, oddly enough, because I entered into the world of security to get experience to become a police officer. So I started my career as an undercover uh, security officer for Sears Canada, if that's dating this at all. And yeah. um, (laughs) yeah. And so I, yeah, I, I did that for years. I I grew through um, promotions and ended up with this retail career that I most certainly did not plan for, but the opportunities continued to present themselves. I continued to take them. And by the age of 30, I had done just about every role you could possibly imagine in the world of retail, from managing stores to undercover security, to audit, to um marketing sales like everything in between operations I had done it all across uh, a number of different chains and it was that realization in my early 30s that I had created this life that I didn't necessarily dream of when I was a child and I'm sitting there thinking is this it this doesn't really this doesn't really feel good Good. And I really started to challenge why I didn't feel successful, even though I I had I did all the successful things.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: I I owned a home. I had a a very well-paying salaried career with a company car and paid vacation and benefits and pension and paid sick time and all the things. I was married. I'm like, okay, we had dogs. (laughs) Like on paper, I had done all those things that as a child you grow up thinking well, these are the things that make you successful as an adult. And so I followed all of that guidance and did all of those things. But in my early thirties, I felt anything but successful Mm. and I couldn't figure out why. And so I really had to challenge myself on what my definition of success actually was. And it, I had the realization that my definition of success does not, did not, and still does not Match society's definition of success, which are those more material things and accolades, and you know those check boxes that we get on this assembly line of life. Yeah, and so I redefined it, and I said, well, if I got to the end of my life and I could, you know, lay there on my final day, taking my final breath, and look back on my life and say I was I lived a really successful life, what would that look like? And um, there's just a lot more uh, things like joy and laughter and time and freedom and. Play and experience. And I was like, well, this is not where I'm going to get that if I continue on this career path that I'm on. And so that was a moment where things started to get really difficult for me in my career because all of a sudden this world opened up Mm. that I was like, there's a whoa, there's a different way that I can be living this life. And this isn't it. What the heck do I do? Um, and that that discomfort of the knowing and the not doing uh, was getting worse for me day by day by day, until finally, the fear of just simply going out on my own into the unknown became less terrifying than staying on the track that I was on. And so that that fear scale had to tip for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: It was the thought of of being in the same place, <laughs> doing the same thing that I actually had realization and awareness around now that this was not a good path for me. Yeah. If I chose to stay there, that was more terrifying for me yeah. than just saying, you know what, I'm just going to go take a chance on myself and see what I can do on my own. Because I I had this knowing that I was so successful in my career at such a young age. I was like, imagine what I would be capable of if I worked that hard for myself <laughs> instead of You know, somebody else's organization. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So, uh, yeah, it was 2017, early 2018, that I decided to walk away from my corporate career, go out on my own. And at the time, I didn't understand that I was doing this, but I was, in fact, monetizing my mind. Yeah. And I'd figure out what it was that I could actually bring to the table in the form of value that other people would also see value in and experience value from. Uh, understand how to monetize those things, and you know, I was off to the races. So that's how I got into entrepreneurship. Um, very, very much a wing and a prayer. We're just walking away from everything, going full, uh, full into self trust mode.
0: Yeah, and then so understanding I'm- the
1: value that I'm bringing to the table.
0: Mm-hmm. So I want to pause, and so in that transition from um, working in corporate. Like there's, there's a clear mindset and a clear, I don't know, status quo of how we operate when we're in corporate. So when you made that shift, like obviously something tipped the scales for you, pushed you into that position for you was that deep innate knowing of like, this is not right. And I will be unwell if I continue forward with it. Um, what type of mental shifts in breaking that corporate standard of operation did you have to change to go into that entrepreneur world? Because I don't think a lot of people understand the significant difference and requirement that is there for that.
1: I love that you're asking this question because you're right. Uh, This is something that people don't think about when they make that transition and how, how I can best describe what my experience was was recognizing the totality of responsibility on me (laughs) uh when i was in corporate everything else was kind of already created right i mean the business model is already there the vision is already there the policies procedures the workflows they're already there the step-by-step systems if there is an issue with an employee, you follow the performance management protocol. Uh, there's a human resources department if things aren't going well with, with the human side of the business. And so <laughs> there's all of this structure that you can just lean on.
0: Yep. yep.
1: And <laughs> when you go out on your own and you're sitting in your home with your laptop, if you happen to go the digital route the way that I did, <laughs> there's nobody else. No. And- that realization of oh (laughs) this quite literally starts and ends with me there there's there's nobody else to point a finger at Mm -hmm. there is zero percent blame that lies on anybody other than yourself if something doesn't go according to plan and so I I chose to look at that because that can feel very daunting for people when it's like oh my god like this is all me I chose to even just change the tone of that same. And I'm like, Oh, wow, this is all me. Thank God. (laughs) You know, there was, there was this element of almost relief and empowerment in knowing that I'm the one that finally had the reins. If I wanted to make a decision, I could move on it. I didn't have to go through eight different board meetings and policy changes and, you know, all these signatures that have to be signed off just in order. And eight months later, I'm finally able to do the thing that I thought was a good idea eight months ago. And so the rate of speed that I was able to move at, because all of a sudden I realized all this red tape was no longer around me. And I think it's really important to understand our perspective around that responsibility is everything, because if we see it as, as well, who's going to help me, who's going to do this for me, Who who's going to take responsibility for this, we're putting ourselves in a dependent state and we're putting ourselves um, in, in, a, in a subconscious state of not actually trusting ourselves that we alone are enough in order to get something up and off the ground, orchestrate things, bring people on board as we need them. But even when we do that in our own business, something goes wrong, it's actually on you. <laughs> as as the, as the owner, the leader, the creator, the visionary, it all comes back to us, even when things aren't working well. So that was a big shift um, yeah. in order to recognize that, yep, it's just me. <laughs>
0: And the slush fund to buy yourself out of things that went wrong is not there or not as easily there.
1: Exactly. Um, yeah. So,
0: myself, my husband, and I were both self employed primarily. And we always chuckle at this like the corporate to entrepreneur world whenever we have to go into the bank for renewing our mortgage or a loan. And they're like, what do you mean you have no debt? Like they're disappointed we have no debt. And well, you yeah. guys are so high risk because you're self employed. We're like, no, we create our own industry. We determine whether we have work or not, whereas you could get fired tomorrow. Yes. So it's like banks need to change their mindset mindset and latch on to the self-employed yeah. instead. But that's a whole little tangent to go down.
1: That's a whole other story. And and yeah. I've been through that too. You know, just the whole mortgage process and the bank not even recognizing me in the first two years of my business. Like I didn't exist yeah in my marriage with my yeah. husband when it came to the eyes of the bank. So yeah, there's there's that curve too that um people need to be aware of and yeah. plan for but you're right the banks um they they don't want us in entrepreneurship because we do have too much autonomy in their eyes the ability to create cash flow the ability to create money out of thin air yeah. to create finances out of nothing other than an idea yeah. that you successfully bring into the marketplace um, that's, that's a risky business when they rely on collecting our interest payments yep. every single month. So yeah, I can relate. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. So then you monetized your mind and you had a little stint where you started, um, correct me if I'm wrong here. You started building like a women's leadership program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you were building up to host an event, correct? And then yeah, there was, yeah, that.
1: Yeah, there was a couple of different things at play there, um, but that was the first thing I did was take an inventory of the value that I I bring to the table, and I had to really deconstruct my career and pinpoint things that really brought value to other people and also contributed to my success in my career. And my sweet spot was always in the activation of people okay. and helping people uh, understand the power and abilities that they do have and the ways in which they actually can achieve things, goals, promotions, whatever it was that was meaningful to the people that I was leading. And so I really like grabbed that. I said, okay, there's something here that I can do something with. And so that's what I did. I just started testing the waters of hosting uh, containers, programs, events, that helped people experience that type of activation and there's a a bit of business that came in um, around year one of me doing this because people naturally started asking me they're like how did you just walk away from your career and start doing something on your laptop and and make money off of that so I had a lot of people naturally coming into my space to ask me for help in supporting them to do the same. So the business coaching side of things was always something, uh, almost always like after about a year or so that people came to me for. So I said business coaching on the side of whatever it was that I happened to be running at the time. And so I had my uh, a successful event. Um, I had about 30 people or so there in my first year. I hosted it in the Toronto area. And then we hosted a second event with about a hundred people in attendance in uh, the Muskoka area in Ontario in 2019, and I had a- accidentally ended up in the world of publishing. That's a whole other story. <laughs> and so that I was doing all these things, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I can do this. I've got the skills and abilities. I can, you know, bring people on board that have skill sets I don't have. So that to orchestrate business was. Uh, something that came very easy to me and likely do with a great amount of thanks and gratitude to my corporate career that had me managing a lot of things on large scale orchestration, um, you know, with multi-million dollar budgets and sales plans. And so I had this other skill set that I was able to bring in um, to my experience. Um, But yeah, the event scene, was something that uh, blew up in my face in 2020 as with many other people because I was going for my third event and I had always wanted to host an event in the Rocky Mountains and it was uh, it was my first one that I was going to be doing there and it was in gosh when were we planning it it was April or June or something in 2020 and uh, I think by by March we realized that 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 was going to be a no go. (laughs) So uh, we we had to go through the process of like a mass scale refund process for that entire event, because obviously we couldn't continue hosting it. And
0: that's gut wrenching.
1: um, Yeah, it was. But at the same time, um, that period in my life, I'm grateful for because I truly believe that things were taken from me. Um, by way of uh, this ridiculousness that happened in our world starting in 2020. That wasn't actually my path. And um, I think if it hadn't been for that, you know, really intense disruption of everything, I may have continued to push on similar to the way I did in my career. Yeah. So there was a pattern there of being like, yeah, it's okay, but (laughs) it's not really what I really want. You know, Um, I probably would have done that for who knows how many more years. So when all of a sudden it was ripped away from me and I had to really think about, well, what do we actually want to be doing here? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think that that process was definitely catalyzed for me over the next 18 months to really, really think about, Uh, if I have all this freedom to be able to quite literally do what I want with my career and create my own experience of my own life, what do I actually want that to look like? And who do I actually want to be doing this with? Um, And that's what led me into all of the changes that have happened in the last couple of years.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. I feel like our stories are like similar, but different. The catalyst for change are almost identical in alignment, not topic, but in alignment of how things happen. And that realization of like, oh, this is a hundred percent, not what I want to be doing. It's good, but it's not exactly it. Um, So I feel like probably through that entire shift from truly now till even from then till now, Um, you have people where they're like, you mentioned resonance and you have people that are hearing this and they're like, oh my goodness, I went through this too. And so there's a connection piece that's happening there. So when you made your change in how you chose to operate, how you chose to run your business and, and move forward as an entrepreneur, do you mind walking us through a little bit of a like self-introspection process that you went through?
1: Yeah. I mean, my gosh, I think So many of us have had about three decades worth of life experience that calls for significant amount of introspection in three years. And so the change for those of us who were willing to really move forward through that change, um, experienced it very rapidly, um, which, you know, comes with its benefits and its drawbacks. The... The biggest thing that I came to realize is that in, call it, uh, pre-2021 entrepreneur me was unknowingly to myself, uh, still masked in certain ways, the way that I would in my corporate career. I always, you know, said I would figuratively get up in the morning and like put on my invisible uniform and my mask and I would go survive my career for the day and I'd come home take it all off (laughs) decompress and so I had to be these like two different versions of myself I didn't realize that I was actually still doing that to a certain degree when I first started my business and so I had created this community around myself that I had uh facilitated in such a way that it really made people feel safe inside that space Uh, whether they were coming to events or taking part in my programs writing in the books that my publishing house was producing people felt safe in that space and it clicked for me in 2021 that I didn't Ah. and I was like whoa (laughs) so everybody in this space that I have created has found safety and solace within this space, but the one that created it doesn't feel safe to do the same, to be able to express, to share my story, to share my thoughts and my experience, which was rapidly changing and ramping up as we went into 2021 when I was like, I'm seeing things a whole lot differently than it. At the time, it appeared anyone else was seeing these things, yet I didn't feel safe to be able to express those things in the very space that I had created to be safe for others. And so I was at a crossroads in 2021 of do I continue to uh, kind of just chameleon my way through in this world of business that I have created? Or do I take a chance here, which required calculated risk of Do I let myself share? Do I let myself be seen? Do I attempt to be heard? Can I create my own sense of safety, regardless of whether or not I'm safe with the people who have uh, surrounded me in this space? And that was a pivotal moment for me. It was uh, June of 2021 uh, that I chose to start sharing my perspective on what was happening in this world. And I remember saying a good old Meigs who's been with me for so long now, um, we screenshotted my followers. And I said, well, I guess this is the day that we say goodbye to everything. And I had to have a talk with my team. I said, I don't know if we're going to have business by the end of the year, because I don't know how people are going to respond to this. So there was a, a high level of thought that went into the fact that I was potentially going to Blow everything up that I had created. But there was also a part of me that was in such a deep state of surrender because I didn't realize that I actually wanted that. Yeah. I was ready to let it go. I was ready to burn it down. And I could feel it inside my body that, again, here I am on this path. I'm like, this is not how I want to continue, especially when we have the power as entrepreneurs to create the exact experience that we want to have. I'm like, why am I settling for this? When I know that I can be with other people doing different things and and you know feeling a totally different way so that was like my uh my coming out phase of of 2021 where I like really just I'm like whatever man I'm just gonna let people see me and the responsibility is on them I'm not even gonna put that pressure on myself to figure out if they want to stick around or not and (laughs) definitely came with a lot of loss for sure uh, I would say that about 95% of my network completely flipped. Oh, wow. um, there's a lot of loss. A lot of people definitely left my space. A lot of people went radio silent. Um, but oddly enough, what ended up happening, which I was not anticipating, was uh, a pile of people coming into my space yeah. that were like, oh my God, thank God someone sees what I see. Yes. And so that was the big tipping point, I would say that that's a more pivotal point in my life than leaving my career and going into entrepreneurship was allowing myself to be seen as an entrepreneur and not allowing myself to be terrified of, you know, my brand reputation or losing customers and clients, because I think that that's just as much of, um a jail for people as the you know the handcuffs of the corporate world Mm -hmm. is when we're in in business in a brand and you know coming off the coattails of the the peak of cancel culture in 2020 made people terrified to do anything with their businesses and all I could see were muzzled business owners and I was like oh I, I can't do this like I can't there's no way. And so that, that shedding uh, really happened quite naturally, uh, which gave me the opportunity to wrap up a lot of projects and my other businesses, um, coaching containers, publishing house, and really sit with them. Like, how do I want to be of service? Like, what can I do? Where's the value? What, how do I monetize my mind now? And I I didn't even have that term in my, in my awareness yet, but that's what the process was. Yeah. Uh, each of those moments where I left my career and then I chose to go a completely different direction with my own business. I'm like, All right, time to monetize my mind again. And uh, that's, that's how I got to doing what I do now with a couple of other little things in between
0: yeah and I love that like you you basically just without using any of the words you just described being in operation from your heart center an open heart and Mm -hmm. and also the very beginning foundation of advocating for yourself Mm -hmm. and for the people around you and the community around you as well and um I love that not love, but I think it's, uh, it's important to understand that we kind of have to go through the icky stages yes. to really understand an experience where we feel good within ourselves as well, to be able to move forward. And, yeah. and you just like, you just said all of that and you articulated it so well. And it's, uh, so then it's also a prime example of leadership. So let's go into now you're evolving into focusing on the leaders of -hmm. our future. And is it leaders in general or is it leaders in business? Is it because entrepreneurs are leaders? Yes. uh, The creators of big corporate, they are still leaders. They did start from zero and got to where they are. Uh, So let's uh, let's dive into that leadership piece.
1: Yeah, the uh, the whole conversation around leadership is, again, something that I had to experience by going through what you just talked about, which is contrast. And I think a lot of us can relate to the contrast of feeling fear versus feeling freedom, feeling anger versus feeling inner peace, feeling completely disjointed versus feeling in total alignment And yes, you're bang on that. We often have to experience the opposite of the thing that we actually truly desire in order to understand what we don't want and to speed up our process of really getting clear on what we do want. And that is largely centered around how we want to feel instead of trying to logic our way through, well, this is just the next best business move. I didn't want that type of experience. I came from that world of just what's the next best logical move. It's black and white, very masculine way to move through, um, life and that energy, because it, it really just says, you know, your feelings don't really matter a lot, a little bit. Cause you know, we have human resources and stuff, but at the end of the day, this is just the next best move for the business. <laughs> you're either coming or you're not. Um, so yeah, moving into Um, you know, a heightened state of self leadership was required of me as I transitioned, you know, everything in 2021 and chose to use my voice uh, in a lot of different ways moving through 2022, uh, both in the just in the generalized leadership front in the entrepreneurial scene in the political scene, um, realizing now fast forward to the end of 2023, um, coming off my event that I finally did get to host in the Canadian Rockies, so dream still came true, yeah. uh, but just in a totally different way because I aligned myself differently in 2021. And uh, realizing that there's a, there's a whole world out there for so many of us, and um, just feeling the energy of that event and the the like explosion of possibilities for yeah. people. That kicked me into a whole other level of of playing when it comes to what I'm here to do. Because then again, I was up against the contrast of, like, do you guys see everything that is available to all of us right now? And then it was butted up against the continuation of feeling stuck in this low vibration of fear Mm -hmm. under the guise of fighting for freedom. Mm-hmm. and I was like oh, oh we've got an issue here because we're actually in the name of this movement which I'm very much a part of very much stand for when it comes to autonomy freedom choice independence all of these things like yes please to all of that
0: yeah.
1: and what I recognized was that in pursuit of those things, a lot of people are actually abandoning themselves yes. and giving their power away, which is the equivalent of the opposite of leadership. Which to me is dependence, because when we when we lower our vibration and we we stay in anger, fear, um, whatever else is brewing um, in that fight mode we lose our ability to forecast, we lose our ability to see long term, we lose our ability to find the possibility, see the opportunities. And yeah, exactly. And so I, I really took a step back after my event, because everything was just glaring to me after that point, it was it was like someone was shining a high-powered flashlight in my eye every time I went on my feed and started to see. I'm like, okay, what's going on in the world of Instagram? It was like I, the contraction that I was feeling in my body to recognize where people were still choosing to spend their precious commodity of time mm-hmm. when there is this whole world that is still so full and abundant of opportunities. And recognizing that when we move through an inevitable upheaval in this world, which is what's like a the slowest ripping off of a Band-Aid ever is this mm-hmm. massive disruption that we have in the world as we know it. Year after year, it's just more. It's like the Band-Aid's just slowly. And so we know that eventually this will lead to a collapse of some sort. We don't know what the magnitude of that's going to be. We don't know if this is going to end in... Uh, you know, a civil disruption of some sort, whether, you know, all the powers that be will just implode in on themselves and they'll take care of it for us. We, we just don't know what this is going to look like. But what is guaranteed is that there's going to be something on the other side of this. And if we don't have more leaders rising to the occasion of the now in preparation of uh, just being there to lead a new way forward being there to uh you know be the visionaries during the dark times be the creators the innovators the inventors uh the people leading uh family units school systems like all of these different things we're seeing these happen in like micro little pockets right now
0: yeah needs to explain but-
1: yeah. It's like, let's really step into the power that we have right now in this moment, 2023, 2024. It's like, who knows what the heck's going to happen in 2024. Right. It's like oh, anything yeah. is yeah. up for grabs. We, so we can stay in the cycle of what are they going to do to us next, or uh, how hard are we going to have to fight this year? Or we can be like, okay, world is going to world. That's, that's clear.
0: You do your thing. <laughs>
1: you do you. <laughs> uh, what can I contribute yeah. to the now? And and certainly what can I contribute to how we move forward? And you know, I I, I do get pushback for my optimism here for sure, because you know, some people are under the impression that, you know, it doesn't matter what we do, we're screwed. Or do you actually think that, you know, more people leading from their hearts can solve the world? And I do actually believe that. Like there's no doubt in my mind. The question is when
0: yeah and
1: you and know it, and who and you know if if we look at well what's the point because we only have a few decades on this earth and we're not really going to change anything what if though the way that we lead changes things for the next generation or five generations or ten generations from now and they can look back to those of us that <laughs> were here in the 2020s And we started making different choices and stopped playing the games, stopped, you know, allowing ourselves to be on the strings of the puppet master. And we just slowly started to shift the trajectory, even by one degree. And so over time, that compound effect creates an entirely different world. And that starts with the things that we do today and the choices we make today. Regardless of whether or not people think that we're going to see significant change in a year or in a month, or you know, a flip in a political leader by the weekend, I mean, we all want immediacy of everything right now, and we're failing to understand the critical importance of all of these moves that we're making, um, which all matter, but also in the long term.
0: Yeah. So you and bring up, you remind me of democracy and when it was invented. Jefferson, yeah. Washington. And these guys created it knowing it's designed to fail, knowing that the populace needs to be actively involved in it in order to keep it operating. Yeah. And they also designed it knowing that they will never see it in its actual beautiful operation. Yeah. And so it's the same thing. It's it's even there's a Most people, when you plant a tree, you don't live to see the tree at its full growth, but you know that your grandchildren, great grandchildren are going to see it. And that's what you're planting it for. And that's the importance of leadership now, quality Mm -hmm. leadership now.
1: Yes. That's exactly it. And I think again, if if we if we can be courageous enough to really admit where we are fearful.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah
1: we can begin to heal those parts of ourselves. We can begin to change the narrative within ourselves around safety and security, protection, all of the things that are really at the root of so many people's fears right now. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? What are they going to do to us? Where is my money going to come from? Am I going to be okay? Um those are valid fears based on what, we are being presented by the happenings of the world. Like, I get why people are scared. Like I <laughs> it would be bizarre if all of us were that developed enough, which we know we're not because we're not taught these things in our education system to, you know, understand what it's like to lead from the heart. As you mentioned earlier, understand um how to, you know, manage the subconscious thoughts that we have that are dictating every conscious decision that we make. and we don't even realize it. This is where, that that inner dirty, dark, tough work is is confronting ourselves first, yeah. and healing ourselves first. That was another big transition period for me. You know, coming out of twenty twenty two. You know, we're all coming out of twenty twenty two battered, bruised, and we're like, oh, what the frick? <laughs> hokey doodle. And you know, I was like, okay, well, definitely don't have the energy um, to maintain that. Uh, for the rest of my life, my body certainly can't keep up with that pace, and I had to really challenge, you know, what what does leadership look like for me now? And so, big shift for me at the end of 2022. I'd say for the last 12 to 18 months or so,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, and all right how how am I actually positioning myself and how am I being of value? It's always coming back to how am I being of value to others? And what am I contributing to? Am I contributing to the fear? Am I contributing to stirring the pot? Am I am I just, you know, especially by way of social media? And am I just sharing something that's actually going to send out that vibration Mm -hmm. that is keeping us all so small? Or am I am I leading in a way that is elevating and and the invitation's always there for people to come up into that elevated space and those that do the correlation is so strong those that do are the ones who are willing to do that work within themselves and willing to recognize the power that we absolutely do still have even when our world makes us believe that we do not have a lick of power with anything and, and, you know, redefining what freedom means to us and whether or not we're going to continue to buy into the ideology of like someone else has to give that to us. So there's just so much, so much we have to be willing to look at within ourselves and and what our stories are, what our patterns are, where, our, where our decisions are leading us, yes. what our current reality actually is. And if we want that, I mean, these are all signs. These are all hints and clues on whether or not we are on a path of, you know, strong self leadership right now. But we have to be willing to look at that. And that's some of the hardest work we'll ever do. It's it's harder for me to work on myself than it is my business.
0: Oh, I you know, sorry.
1: because we're, yeah, <laughs> we're confronted. We're like, Oh, didn't realize that I was continuing that unhealthy pattern of behavior. Okay, what is at the root of this? You know, So it's tough work, but it's required of us right now in order for us to, you know, first be stronger as individuals, but eventually stronger as a collective. And so that's where my my focus really started to turn after my event. So monetize your mind is now its own entity. I mean, it, it's got a life force of its own. It's a beautiful, I'm so proud of what I've created in that space. And I'll, I'll forever be in the world of business in some form. So the long-term trajectory of mym is something i'm incredibly excited for and i've also felt this calling to really support you know the new and emerging leaders that are going to be the ones to help lead the way in whatever oh. the heck is on the other side of this
0: and i would say like with having been at well, and still being a part of the monetize your mind program It's been really fun watching all these participants grow and expand. And they're taking on their own chosen form of leadership in their little pockets. Um, Some are like killing it. Others are still figuring it out, but we're all on our own timeline. Yes. But I mean, I come from an environment where leadership is fairly natural to me, um, especially in that like leadership side by side, not in front type thing. And that's what I've experienced with that. And being able to safely and courageously support and cheer on all of these other people who are finding their success in their own realms as well is like the most beautiful and cathartic experience for me, especially primarily they're female right now. Um, And so that's breaking that whole females must be in competition with each other all the time. Weird training that we've had. Um, But it's also really showing how good leadership can actually be so passive as well.
1: Yes. Yeah. I love that perspective. And I think this is the result of when people are stepping into healthier, stronger versions of themselves, mm-hmm. especially as women, it, there's no, the, the what, a, what another woman does or does not do really holds no bearing on a strong and healthy woman and and that is what we're seeing so much of because we are predominantly women in mym. we got we got a few men in there that we love yeah um but yeah seeing seeing the behaviors of support Mm -hmm. and camaraderie and friendship and and sisterhood and uh, just an an unconditional you know type of love that is just so quiet but it's so present Mm -hmm. and it's just it's so natural how all of that formed and again i have to really deconstruct why that is and when i take take responsibility for the good that happens in my business just as i take responsibility for the things that don't go well in my business i have to boil it down to i'm calling in leaders because i have been willing to rise to that occasion myself yeah. and that's how it works like i think mym is the perfect example of what one person can do because they choose to lead themselves uh, higher, yes. and the the uh, like infinite ripple effect that comes out of mym. Yes, we have people creating businesses and and generating new wealth and all that stuff, which is that was the whole purpose of the container because. I I I was like, oh my god, people don't know how to make money, and now jobs are on the line. We, we went through all that in 2021 with workplace mandates. That's why I started, and why I'm like, I know how to do this. I've been doing it for so long. I got to teach people how to make a make money out of an idea, so they don't feel so imprisoned yeah. by these mandates. But what had <laughs> what it turned into, I think, is a reflection of my own personal evolution and what I continue to choose. Um, which is always the challenge of choosing higher and uh, which requires me to constantly be challenging myself and not just in business, but in my health, in my relationships, in uh, my patterns, behaviors, all of these different things. MYM has been such a beautiful gift to me in that regard because I don't take that responsibility lightly at all. Like i I see, you know, when when I look to someone and I have so many female role models in in my own world, you know, I'm watching <laughs> these women and the way that they move through life and that inspires me and it and it really pushes me in a loving, healthy way to continue to do better for myself. And so that's my responsibility for the eyes of those in the MYM community on my social feeds, you know, um, and I don't take that lightly. And, and I, what my hope is, is that by choosing to lead myself first and choosing to consistently rise to the challenge of challenging myself, that it inspires others to do the same. And that is how we simply just slowly over time, create this ripple effect of people you know, whether we have radical change this year or 100 years from now, I I know I play a role in that. And that's not something that I'm willing to just be lazy with, let's just say. Yeah,
0: yeah that's fair. That's fair. So when the name of, so currently at the time of recording, you are in the middle of your expanse leadership yes. program. Yeah, it's right. It's pretty Smack intensive, up. right? So. Yeah. Do you mind walking us through a little bit of what that looks like and what your plans are yeah. for the new year with it?
1: Yeah, the Expanse is something that came to me no different than uh, the MYM download I got. So when that thing lands on my heart, it's a very clear yes for me and I move quickly with it. Mm-hmm. Um And so I have a beautiful group of women in that space who really felt called to come into that container. And the work we're doing, even though it's only a month-long container, it's potent what's happening in that space because at the end of the day, our biggest work is slowing down enough to be aware of ourselves. And it's in that awareness that all of the change that we want to experience is on the other side of that awareness. So it's a, it's a slowing. People think expanse and especially knowing me, I, I operate big, I move fast. And this is not at all what expanse is. It's like in order for us to be able to expand, we first have to slow and open our eyes and just recognize how are we feeling as we move the day with whom doing what and where and when Mm-hmm. Um, where is our energy bleeding out? With whom, and what, and where, and when? And just going whoa, and having these moments of clarity that give us such it it, it provides us with such clarity that we know exactly where the issues are. Yeah. So we have a choice at that point. Is that thing within our control? Mm-hmm. It's either yes or no, and if it's within our control. Find a way to control it so it serves you better. If it's not within your control, find a way to have a better relationship with whatever that thing is yeah. so that you stay in that grounded space. Because so much of what we're seeing right now is w- people are are completely like ungrounded and, and yeah. emotionally propelled in every single direction because something's happening around them that they either can control and they're choosing not to, which means they're consistently choosing to have that reality or it's beyond their control, but they don't know how to regulate yeah. as a result of that. So there, there's so much magic in just the simplicity of those things. And so the expanse program is actually quite simple in it in its true form. We're not, we're not sitting here being like, all right, we got to all get up at five o'clock in the morning, do our morning, routine. she's like, it's so not that it's <laughs> so not that. It's all about what is actually going on within us and what is being reflected back as mirrors to us that are are giving us an opportunity to start making different choices Mm -hmm. Um, and then allowing ourselves to actually have the courage to shift where we know we need to shift. Because as soon as the awareness is there, we know, Oh yeah. and it comes down to what are we going to do about this? And so that's how we expand. We have so much inside of us that is so narrowed and boxed in because A, we're trying to control everything in our lives. We can't, we're trying to fix everyone. We're trying to save everyone. We're trying to mother everyone. We're trying to protect everyone. And so we're just in this operating in this little like fraction of how powerful and expansive we actually are and how much we can impact our lives. And in turn, everybody else's when we actually release these things yeah, create a healthier type of leadership experience for ourselves. all of a sudden that that reach that we're able to have in the form of leadership becomes significantly greater. But it requires a letting go. And that's
0: I'm curious. Have your participants noted a difference in how they are received in public settings since going through this?
1: yeah, it's it's only been two weeks. but what I can say, I do have some some people in that space. That I would say were some of the heavy hitters for us online in um the thick of things, big voices.
0: yeah,
1: a lot of pressure on them when it comes to the expectation of leadership. I've been talking mm-hmm. about expectations a lot that we didn't necessarily consent to, yeah. And the softening of some of these leaders because they've been so armored up,
0: mm-hmm. so
1: ready for battle. And now in this crossroads of who am I if I don't have this fight? Who am I if I'm not a visible leader in this movement? Um, And so the way in which they're being received now in the public eye via social media is absolutely shifting. But here's the interesting part, because there was a fear that was coming up for a couple of them. Anytime they don't speak about the freedom stuff or the anti-government stuff, no one would engage with them, right? And so what does that do? We When we start playing to the expectations of our followers and our communities, instead of what's actually really wanting to come through us, um, we end up boxing ourselves in and that's what we become known for and we trap ourselves with it and we're not able to expand from it. So the courage that it requires when their hearts actually really do want to speak and really do want to share something that has nothing to do with anything that their followers signed up to follow them for, they're actually resonating with people in there. Not everybody, but all of a sudden, there's a new group of people that are starting to emerge in front of them. Like, yes, I so feel what you're saying and, and you're mirroring my experience. And so the courage it takes to step away from what other people experience of us, there's naturally going to be a transition period there that's going to feel uncomfortable because things like uh, disapproval, rejection, abandonment, all of these fears start to bubble up, rightfully so, that who's, who's going to still love us if I allow more of myself to be seen? And it takes courage to make those moves. But the way in which you're received on the other side, again, what do you want to be contributing to? what, what do you want to actually do in order to help this world through these times? Mm -hmm. Does continuing to pander to the fear actually solve anything? Does it actually move the needle? There's a way to approach fearful subjects and topics in a way that doesn't contribute, contribute to the snowball of fear. So yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, to watch these people move through in the shifts, yeah. That I'm seeing within them online, the way in which their central nervous systems are learning to, yeah, like yeah. That's, that's expansion yeah. in and of itself is to just let that baby who, calm down inside of us, find safety within, express how you really want to express, what you want to share, what you want to do. Mm-hmm. release the responsibility of trying to figure out whether anyone else should like you or not. It's none of your business. Yeah. <laughs> um and just take that off your shoulder. So yeah. yeah, it's it's been really rewarding to see that, especially with, with some of the ones that that showed up. I'm like, oh God, I'm so glad this woman yeah. decided to come into this container because that is who that's the type of, you know, that ideal client that I had in my mind um, when I was making this. And that's who, that's who chose to show up.
0: That's amazing. That's like a literal, I've been waiting for you type moment, right? And that's, it's so great on the receiving end, the person joining into that space to be able to have that innate knowing that this is the thing for them. And this is what's been waiting for them. And then it's permission giving again. And I think, I mean, in your um, disguise of a personal growth conference, (laughs) disguised as a business conference, (laughs) yeah. it was it was a really cool experience in that name too because that space was like just in, and it was an immediate acceptance when you showed up. It was an immediate permission to be totally who you are. Yeah. There were no, I mean, I've been to tons of other conferences, and you kind of go in with this, you know, honestly, a corporate type yeah. approach,
1: you rigidity.
0: Know, yeah, you're rigid, and there like there's protocol, and there's ways to act, and. Gone was all of that. Um, And it was like the most connected to the participants that I've ever experienced anybody go through because we all Mm -hmm. went in there ready to just, I am here and I will take in whatever I can take in. And I think that for the people who were present, but probably even for the other people that were inside that building, they felt the, the resonance and the experience and that just like unabated love yeah. that was being showed from all of these people who were complete strangers going into it. Yes. And you know, that there was a ripple effect with that. And everybody walked away with something that gave them that courage or that permission to a mm-hmm. soften, but to mm-hmm. be, be able to operate from their heart even more so because, it was personal growth and it was connecting with ourselves and getting that nervous system back down. It was almost like the perfect reset in order to move forward now. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think part of that expanse kind of grew from that moment for you as well. Absolutely. I'm really excited. Like, do you have plans for this to expand and become more in 2024?
1: Yeah, what's interesting about how I plan my new years now as a business owner is that I don't. <laughs> oh, perfect. I love it. Yeah, so I I am really open to what 2024 asks me to do. Yeah. And yeah, we want to talk about calming our central nervous system. I mean that that's a big shift away from, you know, my more masculine dominant energy that mm. I've learned to to create a much healthier relationship with because masculine energy is critically important in business. Yeah. So long as we understand what that looks like in order for it to serve us,'m mm-hmm. stepping into much more of this feminine approach with uh, my my business planning or lack thereof yes. uh, and just allowing resonance to tell me yeah. what's next. and so i I hope. <laughs> that this is uh, something that's going to continue to present itself to me as, as something to move forward with, because the experience of it so far has been beautiful. And it's reminded me of what I first did when I first got into entrepreneurship. I mean, this is what called me forward when I left my career. And so I'm coming back into this you know, full circle moment of it's like, okay, but this is now how I get to do it. And this is who I get to do it with. It's like, Okay, you know, over the last six years, there was so much that I had to learn as an entrepreneur in order to have the clarity that I have now. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for everything uh, yeah. in my in my last six years. The stuff that worked really well, the stuff that I absolutely sucked at, failed at. You look back, you finally get to a point, you're like, oh, that's exactly why I had to experience all those things that didn't feel so great. Um, you know, didn't necessarily <laughs> uh, improve my confidence. We all have these things yeah. that we move through, but it's so crystal clear when you get to the point, you look back, you're like, I know exactly why I needed to have that experience. Or I know exactly why, mm-hmm. you know, I had to have that upset with that individual, um, or that relationship that fell apart, whatever it is, because the clarity that I have now on what I get to do has never been more sharp. Yeah. Um, and it, and it required all of those experiences in order to forge that.
0: Yeah. Um. Do you mind expressing kind of what your viewpoint of like masculine energy versus that feminine energy in leadership yeah. looks like?
1: Yeah. The the easiest way that I like to describe it is that if we have a, a strong masculine structure, mm-hmm. then our feminine is safe to be within it. Okay. And so, how that applies, you could apply that to to marriage. Mm-hmm. Um. You could apply that to business and when we have the safety around us so we're talking about structure yeah. systems Frameworks you know protocols like things that just are there sturdy we've got pillars in place we've got you know rooted systems in place uh, deep understanding which is a huge reason why I teach mym the way that i do it's like get solid on the fundamentals so they're like anchored into your business or anchored into your knowing Mm -hmm. you know what to do anytime something does go wrong or uh, get missed in your business you can go back to those like anchor systems for your safety you know how to navigate that stuff that's the masculine in business whereas the feminine is all about the ebbing and the flowing and the creation and the power of what we're creating and the uh, having the framework of the of of the safety net around us that we've created with that masculine energy, we can relax inside of that container.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What's happening with women? Still, I think there's a an awakening, if you will, that's happening within women now around how we're running businesses or even career women. Um, is that we're we're not designed to work the way that men are but that's exactly how we're doing it because we're taught that that's how you succeed. And our bodies are so different. Our chemical makeup is different. Our hormones are different. Like there's so many things that it's like, you can't compare a man and a woman, um, apples to apples in, in the form of work. And you can also flip the script on that too, and recognize that, men who don't have a healthy relationship with their feminine energy mm-hmm. uh, are also part very much a part of the ones leading the systems that are crumbling because they're so rigid there's the, the the structure is so intense it 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 completely almost removes the human, especially the feeling within the human and the way in which other people feel in their spaces because that feminine leadership is lacking within um, these masculine enterprises that the people structure is falling apart because the workforce is not seen, heard, understood, empathized with, cared for, um, and and that is the dark side to capitalism. This is where people have such an issue with capitalism. And to be clear, I'm pro pro capitalism. I am about as pro capitalism as they come. And that requires us to shift how we're actually operating within the structure of capitalism and understand that it's actually available to all of us. Yeah, Um, It's the most fairest form um, for all of us to be operating in, but the scales have to tip and we need more of that feminine energy leading the way with the masculine structure. It's both. One is not better than the other. Mm -hmm. We need both of them in what we're creating. And so that's how I see it. It's like the masculine is the structure for the feminine to just be able to expand and ebb and flow and create and shift gears and change mind, knowing that we can because we have a system there to be able to support us.
0: I like that. It, I envision a house, you know, the structure, yeah. the framework, all of that, that's your masculine, but then the pretty pictures and the the linens yeah. and, you know, the bread baking in the oven, that's your feminine kind of thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um. So in the name of leadership too, then that also helps because if you have your guiding principles as to who you are, and this goes back to marketing, who you are, how you choose to operate how you choose to communicate, how you move through your processes that allows you to then be able to be open to collaboration and communication Mm -hmm. with the entities that you are trying to lead or, you know, elevate whatever your concept of leadership is. Um, But it's beautiful because the moment that someone tries to throw you off your horse, you go back to that. Yeah. And, you know, no, I've got, this is where I am. And I know yeah. that I can stand firmly from this position. So I will continue. And that person, that thing that was throwing me off, it can go away because yeah. it's not in alignment with me.
1: Yeah. You have that foundation, right? Your foundation is what you can always fall back on. If if you're so clear on who you are, which is where that deep, deep inner work Mm -hmm. really comes into play. Like you really know who you are. You know what you stand for. You know what you're here to do. You know who you're here to serve and provide value to. You know the experience you want to have in your own life. You understand how you want to feel in all that you do. Like that type of certainty. Yeah. It is really difficult to knock someone when they're that rooted and have that type of of foundation. And, you know, when we circle back to the uh, cancel culture conversation, that's why cancel culture was so damn powerful is because it was so easy to knock people because so many people had created all this stuff, businesses, brands, Mm -hmm. whatever, uh, based off of things that are outside of themselves. And so that, that foundation did not exist Mm And so they were imprisoned by these expectations of other people. So when they dared to try and speak their truth, because they themselves were not rooted in because their approval and validation was coming from things that had nothing to do with who they are, it's just like, tip it right over. There's nothing there holding it up. And that person was then met with the choice of, am I going to trust myself to, to survive this attack? Or is this it for me? right? And you see the ones who re-emerged after big cancellations, like Daniela Port, is a great example. Um, big, big cancel attacks. And you can see why Daniela Port, someone like her, can move through the pain and terror mm-hmm. of something of that magnitude and come out as beautifully as she did on the other side. That's being rooted foundationally it doesn't mean that you don't experience devastation and heartache and loss and people just completely trying to obliterate you people that you never thought in a million years would ever turn their back on you Mm -hmm. that's a lot for a person to be able to move through and we can choose to look at cancel culture not as something to be afraid of but something to learn from And, and that played a role in me creating that foundation for myself in 2021 knowing that I was entertaining the risk of cancel culture by, by choosing to use my voice. Mm -hmm. But what trumped that was like, no, I trust myself. I know who I am. And if, if somebody does come for me, whether it's a full blown mob attack online or, you know, it's a client that I'm currently working with that all of a sudden blows up in my face because of my views uh, or friends, you know, family who are just appalled by something that I was sharing Can I find a way for me to be okay? Because this is just who I am. And I'm not going to compromise that for anyone. And can I find ways to regulate during a potential attack or someone disagreeing with me? Can I find a way to feel safe in those interactions? I mean, that's, that's how we stop allowing stuff like this to destroy us. This is how we start feeling safer to use our voices to advocate, you know, which is the whole world that you live in. Like that's, that's the stuff that's at the root of why people are just so tight lipped um, and really stifle their values. I mean, it's one thing to have an opinion on something. It's a whole other can of worms when your values are being violated and you you need to stand up for those things. Um, and that's where, you know, the, the, internet violence um, can really take a person by storm. And so I I hope that more business owners, personal brands, influencers, really instead of choosing to continue to be terrified by what can happen to a person online when they choose to lead authentically um, and instead choose to see the opportunity there through these experiences and what we've witnessed to invite themselves to root themselves in deeper and what they stand for, because um, I do still believe that there's way more people out there oh, yeah. that are absolutely on the same page as us who still have not used their voices because cancel culture is, has been so successful in silencing, which was by design. We know that. Um, but I, I, yeah, that's what I want for people is to be like. Okay, this is an opportunity for me to like know who the hell I am, not waver in that have, you know, support systems around myself, find safety and security within myself first. A brand deal does not provide me with safety and security. Knowing myself provides me with safety and security because from there we can abundantly create for the rest of time. We lose a brand deal in the process. We lose a friend in the process. Okay. Yeah, part of it.
0: And it's like we need to now start shifting from pandering to the masses and we need to pander yeah. to ourselves instead yep.
1: first. Absolutely. In
0: the end, that's all you got.
1: That's all we got. You know, and you know, yeah, uh, on our deathbed, we're not going to have, you know, tens of thousands of our Instagram followers there, you know, guiding us no. you know to our final resting place. It's yeah. us we and the not. ones that yeah, so yeah. we, we really think about our yeah. priorities, you know because when you when you really take a look at it none of none of what is happening right now makes any sense in the way in which we're so uh, able to be so successfully controlled yes come on guys it's time for us to wake up to leadership and you know that's 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 my that's where i'm at now is okay that's great congratulations everyone's awake to seeing the craziness in our world I'm so done with that conversation, because it's also serving right now as a way for people to bypass waking up to themselves. So long as there's something bigger and badder and worse out there that they can blame their reality on, then it's absolving them of having to uh, really step into leading themselves, right? So that's That's where my focus is going right now. MYM is is now a a thing that we're growing in tandem and parallel uh, to me as opposed to, you know, I am MYM and MYM is me making that transition of we're going to elevate these brands um, as their own things, the MYM summit, the MYM community, and I'm going to rise alongside those uh, and really start activating people to, you know, get out of this uh, blaming the world, blaming the government. Blaming the evil people at the helm of so many things and be like, cool. So what are you choosing to do about it? Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like how you choose to lead yourself ends up being how you lead the world around you as well. And the more that we can embrace that and remove ourselves from escapism, turn into loving ourselves so intently that we are happy to escape to ourselves. Because that's that's where we're effective the most. Yeah, yeah, love that. All right, so I have a couple questions for you sure. from the public. Uh, number one is, how do you consistently have leadership content for social? Oh media? gosh,
1: how do I consistently have leadership content for social media? I think if I really think about my process and how that comes through, I'm clear on. What my value is that I want to bring to the table. I'm clear on exactly who I'm speaking to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the resonance is there. And, and when those things click into place, all I have to do is sit in stillness.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And all I have to do is observe, you know, what's happening. What are people choosing? What are people engaging in? Mm-hmm. What are the realities that people are creating for themselves? And I just tap into that and That's how I know what to say uh, as frequently as I do. So I think it's a very conscious process. Um, I think my human design maybe plays a role in that as well, especially in the observation side of things when I'm like watching something (laughs) and that response mechanism kicks in for me as a (laughs) a manifesting generator by human design. um, Things can click into place pretty quickly for me that way too.
0: Amazing. Uh, what is your biggest takeaway from 2023?
1: We're it. Yeah. We're it. Yeah. That's, that's loud. That feels like my, I have goosebumps. Mm -hmm. There's, there's so many things that we could have chosen to direct our attention towards. And many have, unfortunately. Um, I think it's, It's more obvious now than ever that when we recognize the power that we as individuals have to bring to the table, it's a domino effect. And so instead of outsourcing our power and hoping to God that somebody else fixes stuff for us, like we come to the table, we advocate for ourselves, we lead ourselves, we stand for what we believe and this is the the little shift in language uh, for me too, uh, coming out of 2020. It's like, I'm not focusing on what I'm against. No. I am here like vehemently for what I am for. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to stand for those things. I love that. So fiercely yeah. um, and recognize that like, all right, when it comes to my reality, I'm it. And if we all individually realize that <laughs> collectively, that's how we start to change.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. And so that ties into this next one. Um, What are your, some of your insights for uh, like authentic entrepreneurial shifts in 2024 and beyond?
1: I think we're going to continue to see uh, a deeper level of authenticity. I don't think that's something we're moving away from anytime soon. I don't believe that this is a trend. <laughs> I don't believe that this is something that's like, oh, well, this seems to be really working in business. So I'll just ride this, you know, train until it no longer works for my strategy. I think this is just the new way, um, you know, 2022, 2023 was really a tipping point for that, for people to make a choice to leave the the fake stuff behind and courageously step into more. Authentic creation and uh, more authentic display of yourself, especially if you are personal brand influencer or the face of your business, whatever it is. Um, I do think, though, that because we are seeing the inevitable division within the freedom community, which is unfortunately, uh, as a whole, we played right into the hand of what they needed us to do, which is divide amongst ourselves yeah. um which is why I just my energy doesn't even go there anymore um, we will see more people unveiling even a deeper level of authenticity within their own personal brands as they find the courage to be able to now stand out within the community mm-hmm. that uh once wanted them to just be a very specific way and so i think we're going to continue to see deeper levels of the people that are behind these businesses and brands, which I'm excited about. Um, So long as everybody rises to that challenge. And I know that a lot of people are feeling the knock on their shoulder uh, big time right now. And it's, it's, it's gonna feel very familiar to a lot of these people who felt that way in 2020 and 2021, where it's like, oh my God, like there's this thing that just wants to emerge in me. And how do I do this? And what's the risk involved? That's what people are going through right now all over again. Um, just for different reasons, but now we're in this space where, like, I got to take a risk now to be abandoned by the people who came to the table for me mm-hmm. in 2021 when I first started speaking out. It requires courage to, uh, you know, face those losses as well. But that's the invitation that's here because it's this this earthy authenticity that we're being called into and just such a radical level of self-acceptance that like the potency in leadership that I see coming as a result of that. That's what I'm here for. I'm excited about that.
0: Yeah. That I'm, I'm all in for all of that. I I see so much potential and possibility just waiting for us to all together take hold of it. Yeah. And I know that like really and truly it's 10 people who are making giant effects on millions so we all grab it together we end up controlling the story regardless and so it's just finding a way for us to come to a middle ground work in collaboration respect that we have a difference of opinion but being able to know like but there's a better way to live our lives together so let's work for that and absolutely I think that's beautiful. Um, I had a totally like esoteric question for you, but you pretty much answered it already. So I'm going to go one step further because I think in the name of planting seeds for trees in the future, what is some advice you would like to give our 16, 18, 20 year olds who are now entering into adulthood and yet so, depending on where you look and how you want to look at it, they're so, um, it's so acidic, their environment that they're going into. So what's your advice for them to take hold of their own power and move forward?
1: This group right now is, I would say, our most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Acidic, that's a good word to describe um, what this next generation Is coming up in, and I know you know every generation says that about the next upcoming generation. You know, they said that about us millennials, and you know, (laughs) the baby boomers said it about Gen X. Anyway, this is different, though, in my opinion. And I really try to remove my bias as the elder millennial, seeing the the Gen Zs coming forward. Being like, what, in the train wreck is happening here. Um, I feel deeply for this group of kids and and young adults because the noise is so loud in their worlds. The devices, the platforms, social media platforms, the uh, insidious messaging that is built into everything, everywhere, and without them having sense of self first. Mm -hmm. They're sponges right now for influence to be influenced, uh, and not in healthy ways to, uh, be guided into political platforms without thought. And, you know, the NDP comes to mind here where they're they know that that's a group that can easily be targeted and manipulated in order to increase votes for an otherwise failing political platform and you you see them turning their eyes onto this group Mm -hmm. and so what I would say to this population is understand what yourself feels like first and understand what yourself wants first, mm-hmm. and recognizing that that's that may be conflicting with your peers, yeah. but also recognize that your peers, unless they are too rooted in self, then what your peers appear to want might not actually be what your peers actually want. And so when when we're just looking to everyone else, we're like, what's the cool thing to do? Or what's the right way to vote? If we're just relying on people who actually don't have a sense of self, In order to guide us into those decisions in order for us to fit in or be accepted, Mm -hmm. we continue this snowball effect of creating a world that nobody wants. (laughs) And so there's just so much noise. So try do anything in your power to cut out the noise. Yeah. Really just pay attention to how you feel, pay attention to what is driving your decisions, what is driving your actions. Pay critical attention to whether or not those things are coming from within you or they're coming from some sort of external pressure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh God. Yeah. If we could, if that group of like, call it the 14 to
0: 30, even
1: I was going to say 30. Yeah. I was going to say 24. I'm like, no, I actually think it's closer to 30, you know, the, the younger millennials and the gen Z's really just the only thing that matters is whether or not you approve of yourself. Everything else is a bonus. Yeah. But if your approval resides solely in what others are patting you on the head for or inviting you into the places, accepting you into the circles for, then, my God, please learn what self-abandonment looks like now. So this is not something that you have to unpack with years of therapy and coaching and and all these healing tools in your thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies for the rest of your life. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's what I would say.
0: I, I would. I would like to add and seek the deeper conversations. Yeah. Because that's that's where you're going to find your people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen to that. I think that applies for all of us too. hundred
0: percent. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I yeah. agree. Oh, this has been so wonderful. I so appreciate your insight and your time. And I look forward to whatever your creative brain and heart decides to put forth into the new year. I think, I mean, you've proven that going with your gut can never go wrong mm-hmm. and um, we're all we're all in gratitude to you and how you've helped bring a bunch of us, new friends and new people together. And now there's like collaborations and support systems and everything outside. And um, and I just, I really appreciate your insight because never do I experience that it comes with a bias. It comes with a whole lot of thought and effort around the whole world before you formulate your opinion. And I so appreciate that because that's what the world needs more of as well.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for all of that. And thank you for this conversation. This was a a great way to start, start my day. So I appreciate you and what you're doing.
0: Fabulous. Well, thank you very much. Um, Yeah, that was great.